0: Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that today's episode does contain some sensitive material. We will be talking about suicide with my guest all the way from Panama. She's amazing and she's doing great work. I just want to give you guys a quick little, you know, warning, warning. Okay, let's get to the content because I'm really tired and <laughs> I'll get real weird. <laughs> You are now listening to Sierra Unraveled, hosted by yours truly. I am a single mother who finally released myself from a toxic relationship with the help of God, of course, so I can pursue my wildest dreams. Tune in every week for some crazy stories, real life drama, and motivation to keep going. You got this. Mari is the creator of the Authentic Advice Platform that provides support for survivors. She gives raw and authentic advice to survivors to help them heal from toxic relationships and build a better life after abuse. Mari is an activist, a mentor, and a life coach. In her sessions, she helps survivors take the best next steps in their recovery. She also has a degree of psychology degree from California State University, San Marcos. Welcome to the show, Mari. I'm really excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah, for reaching out to me. It is my pleasure to be here in your platform, to be able to talk to you about everything that I talk to you about every day, which I'm passionate about. And thank you very much again for inviting me today.
0: So can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Of course. My name is Mari, and as you mentioned, I am an activist and a life coach I studied in California. I am originally from Panama City, Panama, and I live in Panama City, Panama in Central America. So I'm a bit far, but I consider myself very American because my mother married an American. And that's why I studied in California and I have siblings in California. And I basically grew up in my house with my stepfather speaking English when he lived here in Panama. So I am like a, a hybrid, like very Panamanian, very American, and I love both sides of myself. And I think it has given me a different perspective because of the cultural like differences that I was able to absorb as a child. And it's also made me very activistic because I was able to see all the craziness, all the toxicity from both cultures and kind of be like, um, kind of become more of an anthropologist and it has given me that I guess power or awareness of understanding so I try to share it with my my audience so that they are aware as well of
0: all of these craziness that surrounds us so when did your parents split up and then oh I'm sorry hopefully this is too personal when did you uh, when did they get remarried and when was your first time coming to America I guess of course, it's no
1: problem, you know, like I'm happy to share with you uh, my experience and my story. When my parents split, I was only five years old. So really, I was really, really young and I still remember definitely them being together, but it wasn't something that I, I didn't grow up with my father, even though like I definitely had, he definitely picked me up when I was a kid, like um, took me out to eat and stuff like that. Um, grew up with my two siblings in with my mom and occasionally saw my father and I lived in Panama for 18 years so like basically like almost completely yeah you're you're funny your face (laughs) you're like you're you're that Panamanian like yes but that's the thing like I grew up in school like I learned English in school as well remember like Latin America like they have with I went to a private school and they were really big on kids learning English because you have to learn English to like it's like the first world or you know kind of like it will allow you to get more opportunities. And then um my you know my mom married an American but he stayed here pretty much until I turned 18. So there was no need for me to leave until I went to college which was like my college experience and then um You know, I left when I was older and I didn't leave because my mom married an American. I left because I went to college and now my mom lives in America with her husband.
0: Do they live in California as well or no? No, they don't. What made you choose to go to school there in Cali? Well, it's crazy
1: because I actually the first school that I went to college was in the Philippines. You'd be like. You know, it's farther away. And I went because my stepdad is very an entrepreneur. That's why he was in Panama. And then he moved to the Philippines. And my mom went with him everywhere he went. And I was only 18 years old. And my mom was very overprotective of me. And she thought, you know, that it would be great for me to have that experience. I mean, it was crazy. It wasn't, like, great. But it it was definitely, like, helped me a lot where I was. To do, go to experience that because I was uh, I was such in a toxic environment growing up, very abusive, um, like home and system, that like that experience really helped me because it took me away from the toxic toxic area, and I didn't just like I didn't just go to California, but I had a chance to kind of like remove myself completely from like the Western world, you know like the hype of the Western world and California is very toxic as well. I believe like, even though it's great, like I love California, like I cannot say that it's not great, but definitely like a lot of things that I think I learned in the Philippines to prepare me to really um, enjoy California and not really uh, get sucked into like the really toxic places or, you know, environments that I could have been in if, you know,
0: I wouldn't have gone through that experience. I gotcha. So, Do you think that if you didn't go to school in California and didn't experience California, like I've gone to California a few times, I know some people that live out there. I do think the lifestyle can be a little bit toxic. If you're not, if you didn't grow up there, you don't know how to handle it and you get easily get sucked in. But for me being a Midwest gal, you know, I don't really go out that way too much. Life is a lot slower here than it is fast paced considered to like New York and Cali. But, if you didn't go to California to go to school, where do you think you'd be right now? Well, I really
1: was there because when I was younger, like I just didn't know I had like an option like I didn't have like an option or um my parents I just did whatever they did. It wasn't until recently that I kind of like left the whole system and I started to get my income. but I was pretty much taught that. You know, I didn't have a right to have my own money or even if I did have the right to have my own money, like I wouldn't be able to make it for many different reasons. First of all, like my class, coming from a class system in Latin America, um, in their mind, in their head, it was like you're either your class, if you marry rich, if you, you know, kind of like stay in the circle, stay in the system, but that's pretty much everything, like, if you leave this, this, that place, like, you will lose your class, you will lose your status, and also, um, you know, I just didn't have an option, like, I just didn't get an option and even if i was getting an option of course like my parents like wanted me to be in the us they wanted me to get that experience my mom wanted me to be there like even if she said like oh you can't stay in panama like she wouldn't be like you know she would be like you can't stay in panama but you know i wouldn't do that because you're not going to get the opportunity you're not going to and she was right like i'm not going to say she was wrong i mean definitely they were right to like give me that opportunity of like experience in California like you know I think I had a lot of privilege in that portion of my life or my identity and I I cannot um you know say that I'm not grateful about the the positive parts of my family like there were things like they gave me my education and I really can't say that apart from all the craziness and that we will get into you know that's the one thing that I think um, I'm grateful for and I'm using it for my advantage now that I am I'm not there that I got my degree
0: when did you realize that your family was toxic I guess
1: okay so when I was like I I like throw through the towel (laughs) just
0: like these people are
1: crazy that was when I lost my brother to suicide but definitely um it didn't it didn't happen like right away when I just lost him to suicide um that was just like a a wake-up call for me but really like also like a call for me to go back home like I was in California and I just was so confused I didn't know if I wanted to stay there and make my life there and that was like a very big decision that I had to make because if I did that then I would have to leave my entire family behind and that was a possibility for me but at the time I thought there was no option that I just had to you know, leave them behind because that's just how life is and you just have to move forward and you just have to be in you know you have this opportunity and you have to take it but the truth is there was a lot of unhappiness in myself and a lot of like um sadness and and you know kind of like neglect in myself or like you know so many problems with my emotions and I you know they I miss them a lot growing up because you know when it comes to toxic relationships like there's a lot of neglect so I felt like I had parents but I really didn't have them like I was like an orphan child you know but I couldn't really pinpoint that I couldn't really validate that because they gave me so much you know how can you say you don't have parents when basically they're putting you through college giving you an education and like giving you like a car to be there and like giving you all this money you know and you just think like oh I must be so um I must have so much I must be so privileged you know so that was me I was just like walking around thinking like oh I have so much support but like in the inside I was like completely broken so when my brother passed away like it was like the perfect opportunity for me I thought at the time to kind of like heal that portion of myself like really give back to my younger self and like listen to her needs and I figured you know this is this really shitty situation but we're gonna work through this you know I'm gonna go back and my family's gonna you know they're gonna see how how hard this is like how hard it is to lose a person that you love and they're just gonna wake up you know this is just gonna be that one thing that they're just gonna understand that um they cannot, they like they were wrong, and now it's our opportunity to have these experiences that we didn't have in the past. You know, I couldn't understand why my mom left at the time. You know, I couldn't see the pain that she had to go through to like leave that situation. So I just figured, you know, this is gonna be a wake up call.
0: Is your mom the only one that left?
1: Um, I mean, when it comes to like the whole system, uh, not really the only one I would say. Not really the only one. Like I know that there's there's another sibling of her that is doesn't live in like Panama, but none of them definitely left like me or like my brother. You know, like Mm -hmm. none of them left the way we left. That's for sure. Like they might have left like oh we just chose a different like place to to live in, but for example in my experience like my brother took his own life like I became an activist like this is a different type of living definitely than what they did they were more like you know I'm just gonna like live quietly <laughs> and just walk away and let them be who they are and you know kind of like you know me going back there the problem with me was like I actually wanted like a connection with them like I actually wanted um a different exp- like life with them and I think like I had that hope that this would be different, and when I realized that that was not gonna happen, that they weren't gonna change, and perhaps it is because they their trauma, perhaps it is because their trauma, but when I realized that they weren't gonna change, it broke my heart like in a billion pieces because I realized like, you know, I lost already my brother to suicide, and now I have to like like accept, you know, that my family is abusive, you know, and it's toxic and it's messed up. And it, it basically traumatized me for my whole, like it traumatized me for the longest time. And it is really crazy to think because when I made the decision to come back home, like I felt like so um, calm in that state. You know, I felt like um, so all of a sudden, like something had been healed. You know, like this is such a, it was such a fake emotion. It was just like this weird trance that I was in, like you know, kind of like I was. I the thing is, like I took away all my boundaries. Like I took away all of the walls that I had created because I th- thought that this was what was necessary for us to have like a good relationship. And figuring out that they were mean and they weren't like in their right minds also allow me to walk away from them like the right way you know I kind of just like when I left them it was not anymore because life you know put you in a
0: different place. This was the second time you left them because the first time was when you were 18 then you left and went to school then your brother passed when you were in school then you moved back to try and fix it and then you realized probably with a little bit of the help of your degree understanding psychology and how the human brain works and just humans in general then you decided to leave and you're like okay I actually did make the right decision the first time
1: like well I didn't leave because I wanted to leave the first time like I was manipulated to go even if it was for my benefit you know like of course (laughs) like it was for my benefit like my parents or my mom wanted the best for me in that situation. Like, she wanted me to get the degree in the United States of America. But the thing is, like, I was never asked, you know, what do you want? Like, that was not an option for me. And this is just, you know, it really ruined my ability to kind of have like an opinion, ruined my ability to have an identity, to have like an expression. And again, like, this is based on trauma. They probably, you know, experience it themselves, but they passed it on to me and unfortunately it affected me in a very negative way. So um the first time I left I had no choice because I had no choice about who what I could do for like 26 years of my life. You know? It wasn't they let you pick
0: what you went to school for.
1: Um so if they let me pick I mean at this point California obviously like this was more of a convenience type of thing um when he when he was yeah when i was older like there, that that wasn't like the big biggest problem the problem was more when i was in panama so when i was in panama i was in school they did control me like really badly like it was a cult like thing you know because of the status and the socioeconomic status and the privilege and this is why it was really confusing for me when I went to California and then I went into the social justice movement. Although I love that movement and I am very passionate about that. But I came from like a very privileged background and they basically um it trained me to be within the that privileged place and they trained me to believe that, you know, that was the place to be at. And I could not, I could not walk away from that. You know, even if it was, Um, painful for me even if like there were abusive people were abusing me there was bullying happening like there was you know like domestic violence happening like there was no way I could walk away from it because of the status because of the culture because of the um, so they really micromanaged me and they micromanaged my friends I couldn't have friends that I wanted to have like they chose my friends like chose them. For me, and if I wanted to like express, I like, or I express interest in different friends, different activities, I would it would be um, not accepted, you know, and really like micromanage into like what my likes were, like even my clothing, like what I could wear, like I even had to like um, train my mom to not buy my me what she wanted to buy me, like that was a year ago. That was like last year. year. That was a year like, no. yeah, like like last time I visited her, like I had to sit down and tell her, you know, you cannot buy me clothes because the clothes you buy me I don't like and I couldn't tell her that because it was triggering for her. So it was just very small things that, you know, in the long you know, as you know, you become an adult, um, it really affects you as a person. And it's crazy because, you know, I, I really love my mom and we've gone far and I do have a relationship with her even though I talk about these topics and she does she chooses not to listen to this of course and I definitely don't want to trigger her or anything like that but this experience was really vivid for me and I want to share it because this happened like not that long ago And I remember, like, it was my grandmother, my mom, and me in the room. And I was like, I'm just going to tell her. I'm going to tell her that I don't like the style that she buys me. And I need to, like, I need to change this style. And it was something that I was thinking about because I knew it could trigger her. Like, it was a potential trigger for her. And, you know, we were in the same room, my grandma, my mom and I. And my grandma just happened to be there. And I just threw the bomb. I told her, you know, you know... Uh, I don't like that I don't like what you bought for me you know and my mom was like okay it's okay like she was kind of like accepting it and then my grandma got really triggered and she was just like if my daughter ever told me that I would just be so angry you know she was just like so triggered and I'm like 26 years old 27 years
0: old you know that's crazy Do you think she was triggered because she doesn't think that it's okay for grown children to talk about their feelings and she doesn't like having control? Definitely there is
1: a control issue and it's a family issue, you know, definitely from the bloodline. And, you know, I can see how, like, I've been, like, with my mom, you know, we've tried, (laughs) we've, like... We have tried to definitely work this out. And in somehow, you know, with her, like we've managed to like really get past a lot of triggers. But sometimes it just, you know, kind of just happens. And in that situation, you know, it was a simple thing, you know, but that's an example of like how micromanaged I felt or how micromanaged my life was. And of course, now that we talk about it, it's like, oh, my God, how could that be such a big deal? But for that person in that moment that is used to that, that, you know, has made that such a priority, they're not going to see it that way. You know, they're not going to see it like that's a simple topic, like it's going to be triggering for them. So that's what I ha- um, I had to deal with. And that is why I have chosen to remove myself. Um, that is one scenario of a 1000 scenarios that happened throughout my life, basically. And that's basically why I'm here now talking about being an activist and you know, talking about domestic violence and narcissistic
0: abuse. And speaking up for yourself, I mean, I know your mom doesn't want to listen because it can be triggering because I imagine what's happening is we're, we're breaking generational curses. So when they listen to that stuff, it's like they are basically forced or listen to things that we do. They're forced to look at themselves and they might not have healed and they might not want to heal. They may, might not be ready to heal. So it's better for them to just kind of ignore it um, for the time being. But do you think she's proud of you for for stepping away? I mean, in a way, she stepped away, too. You know, she just didn't take it as far as you did. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely think she
1: impacted me or influenced me in a positive way. I believe she started the healing process and she always like um, wanted me to go to therapy. Like she always paid for my therapy. She believed in it. Um, and then there came a point in our re- in our relationship where I was seeing like we are now different in this way, and in in my perspective, I was just like perhaps you know I was able to take my healing a bit farther. But who am I to judge her, right? Like it's like she has her own life, like she chose her own path, she went through her. Di- own experiences so I try not to judge her based on that definitely you know it's like there has been times that I've been triggered by her and it's felt so badly that I just want to end the relationship completely and I try not to get myself to that place because I think that doesn't matter like we can it can be triggering but at the end of the day like you know if I see that she's trying if I see that you know she's actively trying to like get that help and we are making some type of relationship work. Like triggers are just going to come. It's just part of the trauma. It's part of the like toxic relationship. And it sucks. And you feel terrible. And you feel like, you know, why do I work myself so hard? <laughs> and then like a freaking trigger comes in, especially with your family members. Like you don't want that to happen. But I do believe like even in that that place, like I was able to, you know, with her, not with all my family members especially with abusers I completely no contact abusers and you know there are codependents in my life who has cut me off because of that and I completely respect that like I have no need to have a relationship with abusers or with people who aren't to look within who are going to scapegoat me and I am I accept that you know because I, I know that you know I know who I am I know where I am You know, and I'm in that place where like, it's just this matters to me enough that I don't need to pretend to be anybody else than who I am for anyone. So I think for the family members that respect me or the family members that are able to accept who I am, and even if it triggers them at some point, like they're able to look within and they're able to like look past that, then um, we can have some type of relationship.
0: I think your perspective is absolutely just, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Like not a lot of women or just anyone really, men or women, not a lot of your family members might have that um, emotional and mental maturity to, to perceive things like that. Um, But specifically with you having a relationship with your mother, that is a very strong relationship. Like a mother daughter relationship is something that is, is something that is just completely out of this world. And you're right, though, like you said, she might have went through something different and she started the healing process and you might be taking it a step further. But who are you to judge, you know, um, where she is in her healing process? But you having that open mindset and that accepting where she is and just seeing that she's continuing to work on it is a really good thing. So you mentioned that you might have some people in your family that are you do for sure that are codependent and they... Are not happy with your choices and people who are were abusive towards you you just cut them off cold turkey what do you think you would do or what would you say to someone who um is forced to have a relationship with people who are are being abused by people
1: so what you mean is that um you are forced to have a relationship
0: with codependence is that what you mean yep and abusive and alcoholic just all wrapped into one <laughs>
1: Okay, so you're forced to have a relationship with an abusive person and with a codependent person or with a toxic person in general. So why would I recommend with a person that is forced to do that? And well, I, I would have to ask, um, what is causing uh, the person to feel like it's forced? Does that make sense? Like, what is it that is causing you to feel like it is a forced relationship?
0: If they don't respect your boundaries or listen to anything that you ask them not to do, they do it anyway. They have no um empathy towards you and your feelings. They just do whatever they want, like exhibiting the narcissistic uh personality traits.
1: No, I understand like the 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 narcissistic traits, but it's just like if there's a person that is forced, you know, what is causing that person to feel forced to have a relationship with toxic people with narcissistic people so what could be what could it be causing that you know there could be many different factors why somebody is cannot leave that toxic relationship you know i think when it comes to this topic specifically we're trying to talk about how can you just walk away or you know the the How why it is hard to walk away. There are many different reasons why it is so hard to walk away. Perhaps you like depend economically with this person or you depend emotionally with this person and or this person symbolizes somebody that a lot of years of relationship or, you know, um, there's some type of bond with this person. So, you know, there are many reasons why somebody would um, stay in a toxic relationship. But there's something that we need to keep clear that staying is always a choice. Now, I would say it's not a choice when you're a child, when you aren't able to get a job and provide for yourself and you're unable to. There's nobody around that is able to take care of you in that moment. Then it's not longer a choice, because in this case, you depend in a very real way to this person.
0: It's survival. Yes. But. There's
1: times when you have a choice and, you know, there's sometimes these times when you have that choice are very slim, are very small. And, you know, sometimes it takes a lot to make that decision because being in a toxic relationship for so long, it gives victims symptoms of feeling worthless, feeling like they don't deserve uh, the support and love of others or even that they don't deserve to like gain any money or economic stability and this is part of the abuse you know so sometimes those chances of living are slim um or it feels like they're very slim the thing is like in my specific scenario in my specific uh, journey I believe that what really led me into this were many different factors one was um my mother's you know kind of like Walking away from that and like kind of sheltering us and bringing us a different perspective with her new marriage, bringing us that different, you know, it was a different type of world where I was able to be exposed to like a different way of living, a different lifestyle. And that really allowed me to really see like, okay, there is a possibility of something different. And when you start to like acquire that knowledge or start to see that as a possibility for yourself, that you stop accepting like abusive behavior or toxic behavior right so that was one of the things that helped me the second one was to actively put myself in spaces of healing like going to therapy and you know listening to podcasts and listening to like self-help and you know there's times when these things can be expensive there's other times where these things can be like free online so you have to kind of see where, how you can manage with the resources that you have. And if you do have those resources, if by any chance anyone can sponsor you to go to therapy or by any chance you have the opportunity, just take it, do whatever you can to do it because in, that's another reason why I think it allowed me to have like a lot of space for me to um, understand myself and bend and validate myself and all of the things that are very important when it comes to like healing from trauma. Another thing that really helped me in my recovery was really because my toxic environment was my country and my community and my society, leaving that and going to um, the United States of America in a different place. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it just took myself away. And even though, like, I still had the trauma and I still projected and, like, you know, it still is with you, <laughs> it was it allowed me a space to kind of like walk away from that because when you are, Oh, you are um, segregated, like you are more than segregated. No, I don't think that's the word. When you are like really like placed in a little box and you're being traumatized, but you are unable to leave that place. It becomes a lot harder to cope, you know, and you become, you know, it's, it's like slowly it really erodes. uh it, it like, it doesn't allow you to grow and to really understand yourself. But, like, like leaving, like, be having that opportunity to leave my country, go to a different country, and, like, go to university and, like, be completely away from my family members, from my community, my society, you know, it allowed me to grow a lot. And even then, I took opportunities, like, the social justice movement, I got really, really involved and invested. And, you know, not to say that there weren't things that didn't fit right with me like for example the fact that like the privilege is always placed like you know if you have privilege then you have no problems you know and stuff like that that's sometimes that message didn't resonate with me because i was a pretty privileged kid like suffering like really badly but apart from that there were other things that were did make sense to me you know the safe spaces the dialogue the community And the support, you know, it was like a lot of different things. So I think I was open to even if there were things that didn't resonate with me, you know, being okay with those things and learning about, um, you know, I was able to kind of like figure out how to live a healthier life, communicate more effectively, you know, did my own therapy, you know, like really heal my wounds. This was amazing for me. And when my brother passed away because unfortunately if we look at this experience like that my brother didn't have the opportunity to do it like he wasn't i don't know what happened you know like in his experience in his mind he didn't get a chance you know he didn't he didn't have the resources so same same upbringing you know exactly the same the difference is like And we had the same life experience as well. Like he went to the Philippines, he went to California. We both had eating disorder throughout our lives. We both had like PTSD, like problems with our mental health, you know, like it's very similar, like ways of like, you know, experiencing like our pain, but completely different ways of dealing with it and different outcomes as well. And, you know, we're not that different. You know, my brother also left and I left as well. Like, I think the only like, quote unquote, normal member of my family is my little brother. Because <laughs> he's like normal. Like, he's like got a wife, got married, like <laughs> not an activist. He's like fine with everyone. <laughs> no fighting, no nothing. <laughs> but it's the thing, like, I also see at his perspective, like it's completely, It's kind of different than us, you know? My little brother found a a father figure, you know, when my mom married my stepdad. Like he found like a father, and like I think that we missed that, you know, my older brother and I, at least, you know, we were we grew up in a different time frame, where kind of like everything that happened in our life affected us a lot a lot worse than than my little brother. And he always showed like his mental health, like his decisions, his life. Like he was always more like stable throughout his life than me and my other brother. And, you know, it just, you know, our, it's crazy to see like now our lives, how they are. And I do believe that where I am, this is like a phase. Like I'm an anthropologist. Like I'm gonna say it as it is. Like I'm going through a freaking phase. Like I have to talk about this. Like I have to be an activist. But I'm not trying to hate on anyone. I'm not trying to expose anyone. I'm not trying to hate on my family and be like used in point fingers, you know? Like, I mean, this is, like, we need to create these spaces. And I'm tired and sick. and tired of kind of like seeing this shit happen and, and them and people who are really mean, um, You know and who do really bad things not get called out and in my platform in my life i'm gonna call them out you know but i'm not doing it because i hate them i don't do it because i want to see them you know crumble down into pieces and like (laughs) you know have be i don't want them to like be on fire and i don't want their life to end or nothing like that like nothing like that i'm doing this because i think it gives me a lot of purpose it makes me happy to do this and as you see in my post I'm very general you know I talk about the narcissist like I talk because I know who they are in my life and I know they exist you know I'm not gonna not talk about it but you know I don't always say names and if I do this say it in a video it was more like one video to kind of like put that stuff and kind of like vent and get that off but I'm not repeatedly like bashing in a person like this person sucks like You know, because I think we have to at some point, the acceptance and letting go part has to happen. And, you know, whatever you need to do to um, be able to get it out of your chest, it's amazing but living with that for the rest of, right? Like it
0: does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It does. And it's, it's, you have to, like, I feel like we have, like, we all have the right to speak our truth. Like if I'm going to say a video, I'm going to talk about it because I want to speak my truth, but I'm never going to like hurt someone on purpose. Like this is not because I want to hurt someone because I like hurting others. And this is the thing about narcissists that I could never get. It's like, they will lie until the end and they will hurt people on purpose. And I hate I do not like that. I'm not going to say hate, but I do not like that.
0: <laughs> I heard you check yourself. You almost said the word.
1: I just don't I like it. Like, that's why I listen to Dr. Romney. I love this community because, you know, other people, outsiders look at us like we are crazy but like the truth is if like you were in our minds like if you went through what we went through if you met the people that we met like the type of people we that type of people that I know they will wear a mask for the rest of their life they will protect their ego no matter what they'll do whatever it takes it doesn't matter what they do it doesn't matter who they hurt like it is a complete mess that is not the type of world I want to
0: live in I feel you girl I'm really, I'm so proud of you just taking the initiative to just, you know, air out the dirty laundry and start your, just your, your courses and your platform and just creating a safe space because it's not okay for, for people to think that they're going through this alone and think that they shouldn't be able to talk about these kinds of things. Cause like you said, it's our right. We have every right to talk about what we've gone through and share our experiences to hopefully like relate to other people that's the most important thing about human like just humans as a whole like we are supposed to be creating community we want connection that's all we really desire and it comes it's difficult and it becomes more complicated when there's trauma and personality disorders and mental health that falls into it like it is a very sticky situation and it's really hard for people to talk about. So I really commend you and your work. Um, What I will do is drop your information in my show notes and tag your Instagram so that everyone can reach out to you if they would like to come and share or be inspired or motivated or have personal private questions they might want to ask you. Um, Other than that, do you have anything else you would like to say for anyone that might be listening and is struggling right now?
1: Of course. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for the invitation. I really love being able to speak to you guys. And I guess I wanted to touch into one topic as well, and that is the value of communication. And I think that for me, it was just so hard to just talk about anything when I was growing up. Anything authentic, you know, because of the abuse, because of the trauma, because I thought that my words weren't important, because I thought that I wasn't uh, valuable enough to speak my opinion that nobody would listen to me, and that my opinions were invaluable and With this time and healing, if there's one thing that I've really really like enjoyed about getting back or getting at all, it's my communication skills. So I encourage you to work on that whatever way possible. In Real authentic advice, we have a support group for survivors once a month so that you can come and join and talk about whatever you want to talk about with other survivors because I do believe these spaces of communication, spaces that I got later on in life to explore who I am, to, you know, learn about other people and really allow myself to express myself, gave me all the power in the world to become the woman that I am today. And I am very happy to be able to say that the woman that I am today represents the person that I that I admire, that I want to be. And this is not something that I would have gotten in with under the wing of the people that were supposed to be my caretakers. That, um, you know, I kind of... This was like a whole battle. <laughs> it was a whole battle to get there. But, I mean, you know, it's kind of like life. And, you know, I don't want to generalize. Sometimes we, a lot of us have privilege, and that privilege really gets us to where... You know we are but you know if there's you have some faith you know that other people around you that you don't know will lend you a hand you know go for it try to find the good people in your life because they're the ones that are gonna give you that support that you need like you're not supposed to know everything you're not supposed to be the strongest like be the best every single day after you've been through something like this. Like you're supposed to pick yourself up. Like you're supposed to just survive. You know, do whatever you need to do to like make it. And he just, you know, he, he gets like a he gets like that. And all of us, I think every single one
0: of you deserve to be yourself. Oh Mari, you're doing great work. I'm literally so proud of you girl. Thank you so much again for coming on to Sear Unraveled. As always, stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself.